Happy New Year! We're kicking off the podcast right with Jeep Energy. He started out drop shipping, and for the first six months, he had no sales, and now he's grown to over $40 million in e-commerce drop shipping. He dropped some valuable golden nuggets in this episode. You're going to love it. Be sure to subscribe. Now let's dive into the show. everybody, Brian McCumber here with Tech Money Talks. I am really excited today because we have a very special guest on the podcast. We are fortunate to have Jeet Banjari as a special guest on the show. And if you don't know who he is, then you're missing out big time because Jeet's produced over $40 million in drop shipping, building e-commerce brands. Jeet launched an e-commerce branding incubator has helped over 2,500 students start their own online business. G continues to raise a bar, and he's been keeping it real. This brother's been keeping it real the whole time. If you're interested in starting an online business to make extra money, you better save this episode in your back pocket and listen to it over and over again, because the stories and the tips you're going to learn here will give you the opportunity to quickly launch your own business to help your wallet grow fat. G's been absolutely killing it in e-commerce, and G spoke on the TEDx stage, has been featured in major publications. I tell you, time is money, and everyone's looking to get a piece of his time, and I'm so happy to have him on the show today. Jeet, thanks for joining us, man. How's it going? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks so much for that warm, warm welcome. Absolutely excited to be here. Awesome, bro. Yeah, well, hey, you deserve it, man. You're absolutely crushing it, and I'm glad that we had a chance to connect, actually coordinate our schedules to do the podcast today. So we are streaming live, and it's January 5th, so it's the beginning of 2021. A lot of great things kicking, but I would say for the audience, you know, maybe if we can, you could take a step back, kind of share your journey into into e-commerce and and how it's fast forward to today. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, my journey kind of dates back to when I was in uh, high school. So when I was in high school, I was the biggest troublemaker out there getting thrown out of class, tagging up the streets, anything bad that you could be doing. That was me. That I was that guy doing it. And so finally, I grew up in a very traditional household where education mattered a lot because, you know, I'm Indian and it's all about education and college and all that good <laughs> stuff. So my parents got really frustrated with me. And at a point they were like, you know what, go get a job and do something to keep yourself busy. And so yeah. right around 15, 16, I got my first job and that's when it really hit me. Like my future, like really, really hit me because it was like, man, I hated every single second of working these jobs, being told what to do, when to come in and essentially getting paid, you know, pennies on the dollar of what I thought I was worth. And at the time I knew nothing. And just for me to have those feelings was super important. So 15, 16, 17, I felt that way. I worked, I think over 12 different jobs. So I kept quitting or getting fired. And one day, right before I was applying to colleges, I was like, man, I think something's wrong with me. Why can't I keep a job? I was freaking out. So I hop on Google and I start searching and I watched this video from Richard Branson where he basically told me I was unemployable and that I needed to be an entrepreneur. And one of the qualities that I've had ever since I was young was I was very, very impatient. So I see something, I go do it. I'm like, even if I know nothing about it, I'm like, cool, I'll learn on the way. So that's really how I got my start into entrepreneurship. So I started my first company at 17 in high school, which was just kind of like a multimedia agency. Awesome. Websites to begin with. And then I started slowly learning marketing. And the best part of all was I got to learn all of these skills on essentially client dollars because clients were like, hey, I want you to market this for me. And I'd be like, well, I have no idea how to do it. And they'd be like, well, here's a thousand bucks, figure it out. 
And so that's how I learned skills like Facebook ads, search engine optimization, all of these little skills. Did that for about two years, ended up selling that company and then creating a tech startup. I was very fascinated by Silicon Valley startups, tech, and all of that big booming stuff. So at 19, turning 20, I started my uh, own tech startup company, which ironically was the same time I dropped out of college, but I was building a company that helped high school students get into college. So calculating their chance (laughs) of admission, connecting them with scholarships, basically serving as a virtual counselor. I ended up growing that company for about five years. And after five years, we actually got acquired with that company. And after I got acquired there, I really, for the first time, had no idea what I wanted to do. So I was talking to people in the industry, you know, friends, stuff like that. And everyone else kept bringing up e-commerce, e-commerce, e-commerce. And so I said, you know what? Okay, I'm going to dive into e-commerce. But the first year, I did not believe that people that I could just make a random store online and people would come buy from me. So I actually went to Amazon first because I was like, no, that's a myth. There's no way that's happening. So I started my first year with the supplements brand on Amazon. I saw it doing really, really well, taking off. And Shopify dropshipping just kept being blasted on the microphones everywhere. So finally, the next year after, I said, okay, let me give that a shot. Pretty much ate dirt, fell flat on my face for the first six months, lost over 10 grand. And then finally, I started putting pieces together and something clicked. First five months of dropshipping, I ended up doing about $5 million, which was really, really nice. Year after, we broke eight figures. 2020 was our biggest year ever. Did well over eight figures. And the coolest part now is that, you know, I get to build brands for celebrities, athletes, rappers, influencers. We're doing like, you know, business partnerships with some of the coolest people in the world, helping them build out their e-commerce brands in addition to my own. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Oh man, that's awesome. So what year was that when you actually started? So when you mentioned Amazon and then starting to pick up drop shipping? So Amazon, I started 2017 and then 2018, uh, January, I remember was the first time I ever tried anything on Shopify and dropshipping side of things. Wow. Wow, man. A great time to be in there for sure. And uh, even touch on that, you know, maybe paint the picture because a lot of people, you know, they, they hear about the smashing success and, and even your profile, like, you know, $40 million, it sounds like a get rich quick. So people turn out, but like, what did paint that picture? What did you have to actually do to kind of like work your way into it and and earn it. Oh yeah, absolutely. So like, I know there's a lot of people out there that like to push the narrative that like, oh, dropshipping is so easy. You just need a couple hours a day and you'll become this massive like multimillionaire. And I'll be the first person to say that if you're trying to build a legitimate e-commerce brand, there's no way you can do it that way. So just for background sake, for the last two and a half years, I've been working 16 hours a day, every single day. Doesn't matter if it's a weekend, doesn't matter if it's my mom's birthday, no matter what, I'm there, I'm grinding. Just, you know, last year, uh, 2020, I did not take one day off, right? So these are just some of the things that like, you know, I just know in the back of my mind, because I like to share these things with people because a lot of people think they can work twice a week, couple hours a week, and they're going to have this grand scheme of things going for them. But Mm -hmm. I'll be the first to tell them that, you know, you got to put in the work. Initially starting out, it was really for me with all my businesses and anything I've ever done, it's just been not giving up, right? So my first 50 products, they flopped, right? Like I didn't even have my first sale, like my first order for six months, 
right? And I see students that get their first sale after a week and they're frustrated because it's not profitable. And I'm like, listen, homie, I didn't have anything <laughs> for six months. Like I didn't even know someone would give me their credit card info until the six month, but I kept going, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, it was about over 50 products that I tried the first six months. Literally couldn't sell anything. And the silliest thing of all was the first two and a half months, I never tested my own payment gateway. So I was in test mode when I should have been in live mode. So <laughs> I lost two and a half months just on that, right? Yeah. So yeah. um, I, like, I love telling people that story because it's like I went through the ringer when it came to e-commerce, drop shipping, and all that. And it was yeah. like each little moment taught me a new lesson that I kept building off of that kind of brought me to where I'm at today. But yes, yeah, so six months, I lost $10,000, kept going at it. A lot of it for me was just trying to study and emulate the biggest brands in the world. So I mm. fell into the trap of the first six months where I was watching YouTube videos from that six-figure drop shipper from his mom's house. And no disrespect to that guy, but it was like, why am I picking this guy's brain and his YouTube videos when I should be studying Bernard Ardenault, who runs LVMH, which is one of the biggest e-commerce monopolies in the world, or I should be studying Amazon for conversion rate optimization, or I should be studying Nike when they do drops. So really, when I started studying the biggest brands in the world and even emulating physical retail and transitioning that into the online world, did I see those massive results? So like people see the first six months, nothing. And then they say, wow, how'd you get to $5 million the next five months? It was really building off a lot of these lessons, but it was biggest factor of all was studying the companies that are doing, you know, billion dollar years and understanding what goes behind that so that I could emulate that into my own brands. Wow. Wow. Great lessons uh, learned. And, and thanks for sharing that with the audience. So hopefully the audience listening, just like Jeet said, which is just like, don't give up. I mean, you mentioned testing 50 products and losing $10,000 into it and still pushing through believing. And what were you telling yourself, you know, during that time to like, what was your mindset like as you were progressing through that? Yeah, absolutely. I think my mindset always was, I'm a very, very competitive guy. So I grew up on like that <laughs> Mamba mentality stuff. So for me at a point, it wasn't even about, it might've just been like dumb stubbornness, but it was at a point where I was like, I need to see something sell. Like I just need to see it happen. So that's what drove me more rather than thinking about it from a standpoint of like, oh, I need to get $10,000 out of the hole. Because mm -hmm. when I always ran the numbers and I always saw it on Amazon, you know, I could sell a hundred products pretty quickly on Amazon. It took me a couple months to get there. So I was like, if I could do the same thing on Shopify, I'm not so worried about that $10,000 loss. I just need to see it work. I just need to see one customer go through this funnel, buy something, study yeah. the conversion rate, study the process. And I was like, if I can get one, I can get a hundred, I can get a thousand, I can get a hundred thousand. So for me, it was always about getting that one. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, really great stuff. And then the other thing that I'm curious about is like, how did you begin to transition to where you started to focus on branding? And I'm already getting a hint of it where you started, you know, studying and modeling a lot of the big brands, maybe paint that journey. Like, did that happen out of the gate or what was it like, you know, working towards that? Yeah, absolutely. So to add to my mishap, so first, first six months, you know, I do zero in revenue. Then the next month I find a product that's actually working for me. Right. So I do about like 25, 
$5,000 on it. And it was these like DIY toy guns. Okay. So I found this product on AliExpress. It's like almost like a kid's toy, but it's like a gun that you put together. So at the end of it, you know, it looks like a real gun essentially, and it'll shoot like a Nerf like bullet or whatever it is, you know? So I ended up doing 25,000 on this product in about two weeks. And I quickly started to see some common issues. Customers were complaining about shipping times. A lot of products were coming damaged. And then the worst thing of all that hit me the hardest was about $15,000 of inventory didn't make it through customs because customs offices thought it was a real gun. So they absolutely rejected taking (laughs) the inventory in there. So not only did I lose 10 grand, but then I ended up losing another 15 grand, but I was ecstatic at that moment because I had sold $25,000 worth. So the loss, yeah, yeah, it burned, it sucked. But I was like, man, this works. And it was at that moment that I really understood that building my business long-term through China and AliExpress was not the answer. I still love AliExpress for testing on a small scale. But if you want to build something really, really big and really sustainable and scalable, you got to find, you know, better logistics, white labeling, better product quality and all that stuff, which is when I transitioned into branding. But yeah, I mean, just the fact that, you know, AliExpress didn't even know customs laws and the fact that they were able to throw this product on there really, really turned me around into saying, okay, this is not going to work long-term. So from there I transitioned and I started looking into other brands and other products and basically my model, and I tell everyone this, is I just reach out to suppliers in the US, Canada, Australia, Europe, and I build real relationships with them, right? And I convince them and I show them that they can be successful drop shipping because they all want to do wholesale. And I tell them, okay, what do you pay wholesale? If you're paying $12, I'll give you 17 to do drop ship. So now they're going, wow, this guy's increasing my margin, maybe about 33%. What do I have to lose? Let me take a shot, right? So that's really what I do. And that's kind of what my model is. And then once we build a good relationship first couple months, then I'll kind of say, okay, can you make this product for me? Or can you package my products in a certain way? Because I'm very high on user experience, right? From the moment, like I want to, I put my products in boxes that I want the customer to keep their box forever. And I got this idea from Apple, right? Because it's like, I've never thrown away an Apple box. And (laughs) the only reason why is because the box is so damn nice. And so I've got like stacks of Apple boxes in my closet. And it's like, every time I open that closet, well, Apple just retargeted me for free. So that's like an example of something that we do in our e-commerce brands, but kind of off tangent, but good value bomb for people out there just listening. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's a, it's a transition point that uh, a lot of the drop shippers in the audience listening strive to. And I think it's a part that they struggle with, you know, some of them, they get knocked out of the game if they, you know, took some of those lumps where they ran into supplier issues, you know, they found a product, they ran into supplier issues. What was your journey like even over 2020, you know, when, when things kind of hit and, and took a roller coaster? What was that like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So 2020 was one of the most fascinating years for me personally. I remember when all the coronavirus lockdowns and everything was like really hitting hard that March, April time. I was having literally Black Friday days every single day. (laughs) And then I remember after two weeks, my manufacturer calls me and he goes, hey, you know, I'm going to need two weeks of downtime because the government's not letting us open up our facilities right now until we get, you know, certain permits and certain uh, lockdowns statewide and stuff. So that was definitely a very interesting part. Um, Overall, though, super blessed by 2020. It was a very, very big year. I believe that the e-commerce landscape actually was like fast forwarded about five years because I knew that, you know, retail was burning out and e-commerce was going to be the next big thing. But I thought this transition of, you know, 
it happening so quickly would be about five years out. And I think COVID did a lot to speed that up, which, yeah. you know, in turn, unfortunate because a lot of retail businesses, local businesses struggled, but at yeah. the same time, it also opened the door for many more opportunities for other people to get into e-commerce and really grow. But yeah, the first couple months were a little bit tough trying to balance, you know, the high level of internet activity and sales that were coming in mixed with stimulus checks with all of the uncertainty of shipping carriers and manufacturers and all that. But I'd say probably around like June was when we really started to get a handle and really started to understand that, okay, COVID is going to be long-term and we really transitioned and pivoted out. But yeah, it was, it was a good, good year for us. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm glad that you described it. And yeah, definitely similar things and in, in seeing that, you know, what would you share with the audience as far as if they are experiencing some of those challenges, as far as, you know, supplier issues, what would be some of the next steps that they should look towards if, so say if they started with AliExpress suppliers, what should be that next step that they should be looking for? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the first thing I'll say that really saved us because we had a period where, you know, we fell back into like almost those China drop ship times when my supplier had to close for two weeks and we had pending orders and stuff <laughs> yeah. was keep it 100% real with your customers. Right. So one of the biggest things that we did is a lot of people, they're like, oh, if a customer reaches out, then I'll just try to make up some excuse and do it. Literally, I remember I myself and our entire team, we sat there for three days straight. We called every single customer that was on backlog that had placed an order. So we went out of our way to reach out to them and we told them, hey, coronavirus has hit. It's unfortunately hit our manufacturing facilities. We really appreciate your support of our small business during these times, but I want to be transparent with you. If this was a gift for someone or something that you needed urgently, I'm not going to be able to deliver this to you in two weeks or less. So if you're okay with it and we'd really appreciate your support, you know, but it's going to take two weeks. We had 99.3% of our customers keep their order and not one email, not one complaint, not one message, nothing. Because we went out of our way to assure them, communicate with them and just keep it real. And I think that's the biggest advice I would give anyone is like, people get it right. Like shit happens. Just be honest with your customers. And that's customers don't like it when you're being dodgy, right? Yeah. Uh, In terms of people having supplier issues and stuff like that, there's really two things that I suggest. The first one is the easier solution is if you can buy in bulk and keep a 3PL facility wherever you're, you know, shipping the most, whether it's Europe, US, whatever it is, and just keep inventory at hand, that's probably going to be your best solution as these banks are cracking down harder. Facebook is obviously cracking down harder. People don't like the concept of drop shipping, but really drop shipping is still a great supply chain model. Because the way I look at drop shipping is not like, oh, my manufacturer has to be the one to ship it or it has to take two weeks to get there. It's like, I don't want to be the one holding inventory and doing the shipping. Doesn't matter if it's, you know, a 3PL company or my manufacturer, whatever makes more sense. So first step I would definitely tell people is 3PL is huge. And then if you can't get a 3PL or you're not at that stage to purchase inventory or stuff, literally it's just hundred percent hustle, find manufacturers, call them start building relationships, talk to their owners, talk to their CEOs and sell them a vision, right? That's literally how I got started in the game. I got one guy to bite after like 50 calls. And he was like, you know what? You sound hungry. You sound like you might make this happen. Let's do it. Right. And he gave me a shot and he let me drop ship and it was a supplier out in Michigan. And, you know, we were able to do big things from there. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So hopefully the audience is catching that. I mean, G just dropped a lot of good golden nuggets. One, the importance of the uh, customer service taking care of your customers. And especially if your intention is to build a brand, you got to take care of them if you're going to have repeat customers. 
And actually that kind of reminds me, what are, what are some of the strategies that, that you use for encouraging, you know, the repeat customers and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. I do all the basic stuff everyone else does there, but there's one thing that I've never seen anyone else do or talk about that has crushed it for our business. So I'll just dive into that. So we do the emails, we do the SMS, we do the retargeting ads, you know, we do the discounts and all that stuff, but there's three touch points that we get from every customer, right? It's their email, it's their phone number. Most, most dropshippers are hitting these two. The third endpoint that nobody talks about is physical addresses. So we actually send postcards or mail to our customers' houses and use that as a way to retarget, get them to come back and buy, or even just, you know, like in Christmas, we were just giving them Christmas cards, right? We were like, we want nothing from you guys. We just want to remind you guys that we appreciate your business and we want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas. And that has probably given us the best return on spend compared to anything else on planet earth, because we get these uh, postcards out for less than 50 cents, including, you know, postage and everything. Yeah. And literally every single person checks their mail and no matter what, it's a physical <laughs> piece of paper. They have to look at it before they throw it away. Email yeah. goes to spam text. They can just open and close. Someone else might be on their phone, whatever, but the snail mail has been gold for us. And, all the dropshippers out there do not sleep on that third endpoint. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's a really great tip for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I go back with the days of uh, you know direct marketing, and uh, so I mean, I think that's really awesome tying it together with with your e-commerce business. A great touch point for sure. I think that's really awesome. <laughs> that's great stuff. Yeah. So uh, one other question is like one of the things that a lot of people seem to be searching for you know it happens on youtube some of the biggest searches like all related to trying to find like the next winning product and things like that so what are what is some of the advice that, that you'd give to you know people that are you know looking to find that next winner that they're looking to sell yeah absolutely so my rule when it comes to that is if you're looking for someone else to either supply you with the winning product or trying to rip someone else's winning product you've already lost the game so mm. my rule uh, with anything when it comes to product research and stuff is I want to create the trend and be the trend. I don't want to hop on the trend because hopping mm. on the dropship trend does not make you the big bucks. I'll be 100% honest with you because the same person you're copying, there's probably 50 other dropshippers that are copying. And the imitation game in dropshipping is actually disgusting because people don't even bother taking off <laughs> like a logo or a watermark. They'll literally rip the video, the ad copy, the description, the photos, yeah. everything. And it's just, yeah, it's just not the way to go. And for me, it's always been, let me find ways to innovate. So for example, you know, I've seen products that are doing really, really well. And I'm like, okay, let me go through and read all the one-star reviews. Why are there so many one-star reviews? So I'll read all the one-star reviews and I'll find out that maybe, maybe the product has like one minor issue, right? Maybe it wasn't comfortable. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's like a shirt or something and it just wasn't comfortable. The fit was kind of off. And I'm like, okay, wait, I can take this product that I know works. I can innovate just slightly on it marginally and improve the reason why there's so many one-star reviews and sell that. So that is something that I would recommend doing. And that's something that we do. Or the second thing is just, you know, look for products that are new hitting the market. So even if you're using AliExpress, use the newest section, right? And you can see the newest products that are dropping or being added by suppliers by category and see the ones that catch your own attention in your own eye and try to come up with your own marketing campaign, your own creatives, your own video, your own descriptions, and try to push it out. And those are the products that, you know, you can hit six, seven figures with regularly 
versus hopping on a trend that's already saturated and competitive. And then, you know, you're pulling your hair out wondering why your margins are so thin and yada, yada, yada. So that's my advice. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome for sure. And how does that lead into like the brand? So the way you're building your stores, is it more of like a more of a niche store that that you're kind of building things around? Yeah. So I typically still start, like if I'm just like trying to test, I still test on a general store because it's super easy to do. And then if I like a product and I think, you know, it can be a brand brand long-term, then mm-hmm. I'll kind of niche it out, build like a brand, add other add-on products, upsells, downsells, other complementary things, et cetera. Or if I think like, man, there's nothing else I can really think of that makes sense with this product, then maybe I'll create like, you know, one of those like Kickstarter-like websites where it's like super branded, one page, one product type website. I'll do that. So yeah, that's usually like the two paths that I go. But now nowadays, I've kind of got so many brands that have already built out that mainly when I'm testing, I'm testing for products that I can add to my existing brands to increase bottom line revenue. So yeah. that's kind of what we do more in-house now. Wow, I like that. And and I like that approach about like that that Kickstarter approach. And you know, maybe for the audience, for those that may not may not know, could you kind of describe that that approach? Yeah, absolutely. So it's if you've got a really new innovative product, I hate when people just like take like the basic like debut theme or something and just try to throw it on there because it's like you're <laughs> taking the lust away from the product, right? It's like if your product is innovative or game changing, you need to portray it in a way that's, you know, going to do the same. So really modern, you know, UX, UI design. I'm like a huge nerd on that kind of stuff. And just like, you know, maybe even if you have to spend, you know, like we do studio shoots all the time with products. So, you know, we'll spend a couple thousand dollars, do a studio shoot. And luckily I'm in California, so I get access to a lot of like Hollywood studio stuff like that. But we'll do studio shoots to really create like a really vibrant experience when people come to the website. Because it's like people want to envision their lives with your product before they buy it from you, right? So the value of your product has to always be higher than the money that they're giving you, right? That's how any transaction is won. So as long as you're able to do that and you're able to give them like an immersive experience, a video, really love what Kickstarter does because they have a video up front and a lot, a lot of like descriptions and stuff underneath it. And uh, it's a working formula, right? Because, you know, people spend tons of money on Kickstarter. So yeah, I like to follow that on my own websites if I'm doing like a one product type thing. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad that you touched on that. And we're getting some comments coming in through here. So people giving you some shout outs for sure. And one person from... Benjamin asked about what are your thoughts on the so this is something that's been coming up the Apple uh, versus Facebook thing that's going on there what are your thoughts on that yeah absolutely so it's definitely I mean as, as someone who uses Facebook ads it's definitely a big blow it's like a punch to the side type of thing I definitely think it is going to obviously affect impressions reach you know uh, ad spend CPMs are going to go up things of that nature But the way that I also kind of have built my businesses, especially in the last year or so, because I really got a wake up call from this, was you really don't have, and I remember one of my mentors, he told me this because he was like, I don't care that you did eight figures a year on Facebook. He's like, you're still not a real business. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, if Facebook shuts down your ad account, you have nothing. And I was like, you know what? You're right. So one of the biggest things I could say is, you know, 
that Apple Facebook war, if that's not, the, that's not a crushing blow, there's always going to be things that are coming up. Right. But the biggest thing I've learned is you've got to be omni-channel and omnipresent to have a yep. real business. Right. And I think too many drop shippers look for that one loophole traffic channel and they want to just abuse it. And then, you know, once that's gone, they're kind of like, Oh, what do I do? So for us in the last year, we've really diversified to be on every single traffic channel possible, especially online. So Pinterest, Snapchat, TikTok, YouTube, Google, even messing around with some native ads. And I think that's a big tip that I would give other drop shippers out there because that really gives you leverage. So then, you know, if Facebook goes down on me one day, it's like, okay, that only affected maybe 15 or 20% of my business rather than a hundred percent of it. So yeah. that's like a big tip I would give people. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great tip. And, and it happens. I mean, you know, going back over a decade and I remember when Google and PPC, you know, a lot of people had business models based on that. And then all of a sudden game changer things, you know, changed overnight and it changed a lot of business at that time. The, it could potentially happen here. So like, I think that's great advice, you know, to diversify across the uh, advertising. So one of the things is like, you know, as far as the skill sets go, you know, is that something that you still stay hands-on with? Is it the marketing and products and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a pretty big like team. So like with our worldwide team, we're probably over about a hundred employees now, but what we kind of do is, or what I like to do is I like to learn. So when it comes to marketing, that's like my thing, marketing, creatives, advertising, all that stuff. I love to learn it myself. So any new platform I'm jumping on or whatever it is, I'm learning it myself. And then once I know how it works and I've got a good grasp of it, I'm a big believer that, you know, me learning it and applying it is great, but until I can teach someone else to do it, I don't really know it. So that's when I'll bring in my media buyers and stuff and I'll try to teach them and over time delegate stuff. So for me, it's always like, I'm kind of like the visionary. So I'm always looking at the next thing, the next thing. And then, you know, I'll kind of go out in the jungle, figure it out. And then I'll bring it back to my team and all right, now take take over. You know, my work is done here. Let me go hunt the next thing. So that's kind of how I approach it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. And I'm glad that you shared that because I mean, far too often I see people, they're getting started and all of a sudden they're already trying to quickly outsource it and find somebody on, on Fiverr, you know, to outsource some of these critical skills thinking it's going to make them rich. So it's like, you know, what are your thoughts on that as a, as people getting started? Uh, should they be quick to out, you know, try to outsource or should they really learn these type of skill sets? Oh, I would say 100% learn these <laughs> type of skill sets because here's what happens if yeah. you don't do that, Right. The guy on Fiverr is going to start saying, okay, well, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. So I'm going to take <laughs> twice as long and I'm going to bill them three times as much. And you really don't know. And you have no way to, you know, vouch for the credibility of their work either. You don't even know if you've got a good advertiser, a bad advertiser, if this guy even knows advertising, right? So yeah. I'm a big believer that like, you know, I want to, I always like, especially with my employees and stuff, I like to lead by example. So I like to show them that I do this. Here's how I get down with it before I have them do it. And I think it just builds a different level of respect because they know at the end of the day, and I'm sure some of them are watching this right now that like, you know, you know, if you're messing around, I'm going to know because I know what's up. <laughs> That's awesome. And it actually brings, you know, brings to mind, you know, the, the program that you've been working with. So helping over 2,500 students, which is awesome. So for those that are watching the live stream, I'm, I got the, the site pulled up to the right here, which, which looks great. So I was wondering if you could maybe share, you call it Ecom Legacy Brand? 
Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of one of our older offers. Actually, our newest offer is the income, the T H E ecom, E C O M incubator.com, the ecom incubator.com. Okay. All right. We'll be sure to leave a link in the show notes there. But could you describe what that is, you know, for the audience? Yeah, absolutely. So basically what we're doing is, you know, one of the most powerful things that I, I've been able to do has been able to give back. So a lot of my success has been attributed to other entrepreneurs ahead of me that gave me back lessons, courses, teachings, videos, anything like that. And so what I decided to do, you know, because I had a lot of friends, people, family, colleagues hitting me up like, yo, teach me e-commerce, teach me e-commerce. And I never wanted to get into the game of doing one-on-ones or consulting because honestly, I just don't have time for it. My, like, I am super passionate about running my businesses and that takes up all my time. But I did want to put out resources out there where it's like, okay, I can commit a couple months of my time, put together amazing content and then give it to the world. So essentially what I did was uh, I launched this program called the Ecom Incubator basically for free. And, um, you know, a lot of dropshippers out there are going to be mad about, about me saying this for, I have two programs for free. I literally teach you step-by-step how to use AliExpress, how to test, how to do all that basic dropship stuff, the stuff that other people charge you two, three grand for. Honestly, I give it all away for free. 100%. I want nothing for you. Learn that, test it. I want people to be able to get their first sale without having to dish out two grand. Doesn't make sense to me. And then I have a second program, which I charge $1,997 for. That's, that includes, you know, 12 weeks of um, live coaching calls with me in a group format. Uh, I teach people how to build real brands. Some of the stuff that we were talking about, how the exact scripts I use with manufacturers got over like a hundred plus lessons on there. I teach you, you know, way past just Facebook ads, all that good stuff, mindset coaching. You know, I teach you how to start an Amazon FBA business literally a bunch of stuff. I don't even want to dive into all of it, but basically everything I've learned in the last 10 years goes into that 1997 package. And then that free package yeah. is just, Hey, if you want to learn an e-com, come in here and I'll teach you all the basics and foundations you need to know in one place. Wow. Wow. That's awesome for sure. And uh, so we'll be sure to leave links in the show notes. So the link to the, just sort of the audience of so the ones that are listening to the podcast when this comes out. So the, the link for the, the free course, where would they find that? Yeah, absolutely. So that's just going to be the ecom, E-C-O-M, incubator.com. Okay. All right. We'll be sure to leave the link uh, there in the show notes. And uh, I think it's great stuff, the way to give back, you know, for sure. And I know a lot of people uh, appreciate that, you know, and for coming on and they've been talking about the program and stuff, you know, for the audience, I'm not an affiliate of Jeet or anything like that. So like even for those that go through is free and then want to opt in for, is a uh, in-depth, you know, mentorship or, or coaching. That's, uh, you know, I think that's a great thing. So, you know, I think it's really awesome with what you've been doing, you know, as far as a level of success and maybe even talk about that. What are some of like the student success stories you had that stands out? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, I think the most amazing thing that I've been able to accomplish with my program is that I've been able to see people with absolutely no experience no history, nothing succeed. Like we've got students in there that are 13, 14 years old that have $2,000, $2,000 drop shipping days. And to me, that was like the biggest, that put the biggest smile on my face because it was like, A, these guys, you know, um, they immense amount of credit to them because they took incredible action and, you know, they yeah. can playing video games, doing whatever, and they took action in it. But the biggest thing that it told me was that my content was put in a way where it was simple, easy, 
and anyone could apply it. Right. Cause yeah. you know, I have a student that just went into high school and he's already doing $3,000 a day with drop shipping. And I'm just like mind blown. Right. And so, uh, yeah, we've had wins like that. We've gotten, you know, six figure students, seven figure students at the end of the day, you know, uh, what I always tell my students and everyone that, you know, is interested in joining my program, a, you better be ready to work your butt off if you want to be successful and B don't expect to come in here and just every piece of content I'm going to give you is going to make or break you. That's not how it works. It's like every time I read a book, I take the concepts from it and then I build upon it and I grow upon it. And really my dropshipping course and my most successful students, they've really treated it as a stepping stone to get their first five figures, then six figures, then maybe even seven figures in revenue. But they're also doing things additionally on top of it. My, my best students are teaching me things, which is, you know, truly empowering. And that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome for sure. So we'll be sure to leave links in the show notes so people can find out more information there, which is great. And uh, it actually uh, uh, comes to mind as like, so what are you doing now to kind of keep yourself on the edge and stay current and things like that? Is it like, what are some of like your daily habits that, that you're going through? Yeah, absolutely. So I think my most powerful daily habit for the last 10 years has been learning or studying something new every single day. So kind of the one thing I do before bed is whether I'm taking someone else's course or reading a book or whatever it is, I'm always learning something new 365 days a year. Right. Uh, so that's probably like one of my biggest daily habits. And really the second thing that, you know, I'm doing is just really like really trying to manifest more long-term plans and goals and stuff like that. Because when you start to see a little bit of success, you really get caught up in the short term. And I, I went through that a lot of 2019, even a lot of 2020, where it was like every day I'm just like, how much money can I make today? How much money can I make today? Or how much can I do this? And I really wanted to kind of take a step back from that and really, really plan out long term. And the past few months has been really amazing. Just, you know, sitting there. I don't even call it meditation. It's just kind of sitting there thinking about, you know, what I want to achieve and where I want to go. And, uh, you know, just about a couple of days ago, I kind of came to the realization that like, I want to kind of sell off a couple of the brands that we've been working on. And I want to build one brand and really IPO that company. So really just having these types of conversations and thoughts with myself have been very, very valuable. And I recommend everyone to, you know, just think about what people really, really want deep down rather than the superficial stuff every single day. And you'll be surprised how deep your mind works. That's awesome. And I was pulling up one of the posts that you had at the $100 million event, Magic Johnson, you're standing with and things like that. I was wondering if you could share that story with the audience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it was kind of an event and a program that uh, I had joined. It's kind of like, like I was saying, I'm always looking to learn, expand, grow and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. it was a, uh, it was a program that, you know, I spent a hundred thousand dollars on. We only, I mean, it, there's, it's a, it's a bittersweet feeling because unfortunately the organizers and the people that put that event together and like the whole court, the whole deal were unfortunately not the best people out there. So got, I've had some issues with that and, and stuff like that. But the one event that we did have, mm -hmm. it, was, it was pretty cool. Got to meet and link with some interesting people and stuff like that. But unfortunately they didn't end up delivering on a lot of other stuff. So I don't, I don't want to dive into it yeah. on here, but you know, <laughs> But ideally, essentially, like, I think the biggest thing that I can share from that experience and just, you know, what it what it shows other people is that I'm not one of those people that are out here just selling a course or, you know, not practicing what I preach. I'm the first person to go buy other people's courses, lessons, teachings, conference tickets, whatever it is, because uh, yeah. that's really the way to level up and grow. Right. And that, that's yeah. huge. Yeah, I think that I think that's what it shows. And that's why I wanted to touch on it, which is that even at the level that you're at, you're still looking to 
to grow, educate, and take it to the next level from there, which is awesome. And I, I think it's great. So for the audience that, that wants to to follow and, and, and stay in touch with you, what's the best way for them to, to follow you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm probably the most active on Instagram. And my Instagram handle is at the Jeet Banerjee, which is spelled T-H-E-J-E-E-T-B-A-N-E-R-J-E-E. And yeah, that's the best way to reach out to me. I'm honestly doing a lot better job this year to respond to DMs. I know it's horrible in the past, but really trying this year. So if you guys reach out, I'll definitely try to get back to y'all. That's awesome, man, for sure. Well, man, I'd say you dropped a lot of value here today. And I think it's just really awesome. And let me let me scroll through some of the questions here. You're getting uh you're getting some shout outs here for sure. And let me yeah, actually check awesome. one of the phones here. Yeah, we got another one from Kyle. He's asking about suppliers as well. So he had a question about he's asking about the shipping time. So what if I have a supplier where the shipping times are too long? What what can he do about that? Yeah, that? absolutely. So there's probably like really only three options. Buy inventory in bulk, put it in a 3PL facility in the country that you're selling the most. And that'll probably drop your shipping times down to like a couple business days. Second thing would be find a manufacturer supplier, again, local to you or where your largest customer base is. Or the third thing, if you really want to stick to AliExpress or whatever it is, if you haven't already find a sourcing agent that can speed up shipping times or just honestly find a different supplier. Yeah, yeah. And I'm scrolling through some of the others here. There was another one related to, and I see this come up quite a bit, which seems to be a stopper where, where they get, so he's trying to create his Facebook account as mm-hmm. his band. So he's trying to like, what's a way that he could try to create a new Facebook account? Asking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's been a big issue the last year or so. That's kind of what woke me up and had me going omni-channel and stuff too. Uh, If it's your personal Facebook account that's been banned or whatever it is, advertising restricted, my best advice is find a friend, a cousin, a sister, a brother, a mom, a dad, whatever it is, someone that wouldn't mind you using their Facebook for advertising and just use that and just get back online and stuff like that. That's probably my best piece of advice. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's awesome because I think what pretty much, uh, hopefully the audience is capturing this. Everything that G's been describing is like, you know, resourcefulness, you know, everything about don't let that roadblock stop you. Be resourceful, be persistent. I think with what you shared, you know, with your success story and, and your thought process through everything, you know, that, that's been, you know, my takeaway. And I think that's been really awesome, man, for sure. Thanks for dropping a lot of this value here. And I want to give you a chance to leave some closing remarks with the audience. So I'll let you take it away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that just came to my mind when you're kind of talking about those roadblocks and kind of overcoming them and stuff, uh, I think one of the cool things I'll share with the audience just to kind of give them a perspective. So kind of earlier when we were talking about my dropshipping journey, how the first six months, 50 products, literally couldn't get anyone to buy it or anything like that. One of the coolest opportunities that came our way 2020, and we just grown massively and built off of that was we had a customer who's actually an A-list celebrity, right? Had no idea that he was one of our customers for one of our brands. So he ended up buying a product. He absolutely loved the product. He found a way to get my information, got a hold of me and said, hey, I love the products, the branding, the marketing, everything that you're doing. I want to partner up with you to build a brand for myself, right? And this is an A-list or celebrity. Obviously, I can't give out names and stuff like that due to confidentiality agreements and stuff. But the reason I love sharing that story is because there was a time where I was begging people for trying to get them to buy one product, buy one product. 
And really what got me from there to now where I got A-list celebrities that are like, yo, gee, build out my brand, build out my merchandise, you know, do this for me. I'll partner up with you was just purely going through the process, right? Like I never, ever went into e-commerce or even like, you know, six months ago, if you would have told me like, hey, you're going to build brands or you should reach out and build brands for some of the biggest celebrities and people out there. I'd be like, you're absolutely crazy. And from just, you know, doing that with that one person, we're almost at our sixth or seventh client now in just the past like (laughs) four or five months, which is just incredible. And we get to work with some of the coolest people. So the biggest advice I can give people is just keep on going in your journey. All the effort you put in in the beginning, it gets paid off tenfold later and you just have no idea how the universe works. Great stuff, man. Great advice for sure. Gene, thanks brother. I'm glad to have you on the show, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Tech Money Talks podcast. It's officially sponsored by Spotify and Anchor FM. Be on the fast track to starting your own business. You can work with me personally. It's my dropship funnels done for you service. I work with you one-on-one to build your own store and get your very own sales fast in dropshipping. You can go to dropshipfunnels.com to find out more information.